Hello and welcome. My name is Kyle Nielsen, and this is How You Level Up, a podcast where I ask questions to help you become your best self. In today's episode, we're going to listen to an old recording from my book, Sharing Treasure. This was originally published in 2018. It's available on Amazon, and it's broken up into a number of different sections. So definitely check out the title to make sure you're listening in chronological order. And please enjoy this section of the book, which is Part 1, Failure. Part 1, Failure. I have failed a lot. I like to think that I have grown into a better person from these failures, because failure is something that I really am really good at. I have let a lot of people down, mostly those close to me. I have had to work hard to regain trust and earn a spot at the table, so to speak. I acknowledge my failures because they are a part of who I am. I try to learn from my failures because if I cannot learn from them, I am bound to make them again. I look back at them and ask myself, what went wrong? How do I avoid future repetitions? And what would be the better path to take? I believe great success stories start with failure. Childhood, the treasure you cannot take. When I was a kid, I thought myself the problem child. My older brother was a bit more reserved growing up. He liked to play video games while I liked to explore, but exploring was not enough. I wanted to collect treasures and hide them. They became the bounties of my exploration, my rightful claims. I was an imaginative child, but these things were not mine. I stole them. I was not a kleptomaniac, but I did enjoy the rush from stealing. A candy bar from the store while hanging out in town, a bag of chips from the store where I'd just purchased a sandwich even little toys or chocolates that were near the registers. I remember one time I took a Hershey's candy bar from the supermarket while shopping with my parents. Somehow, I thought it would be okay to start eating it when stepping into the car. My mother, quite abruptly, demanded to know where I got it from because she sure as hell did not purchase it. I had to return that chocolate bar right then and there, with bite marks and all. I remember walking into the store with this gut-wrenching feeling of shame. I did not want the clerk to know it was I who stole the item. I did not want the other customers to see me and know that I was a bad child. I wanted to hide away from everything at that moment. I wanted to be invisible. Yet it would not be the last time I stole something. It was simply the first time I was caught. One time, while visiting my grandparents' home in Teaneck, I found a $50 bill on the floor of my mother's old room, beneath her old dresser. Wanting it for myself for no reason at all, I took the bill and hid it beneath my dresser. I thought it was a novel hiding spot for treasures at the time, but really, monkey see, monkey do. Where I had found the bill is the exact place I put it in my own room. My mom saw me on the floor when I was taking it from my grandparents' house, and found the bill in my, what would have been, a super-secret hiding spot in my own room. It seems every mother has that weird ability and intuition to know about their children, even when there is seemingly no plausible way they should. The bill was returned. When I gave it back to my grandmother, she drew a picture for me which illustrated an idea. My grandmother was going to give what she had to her children, 
my mother, and in turn my mother would give me her things when the time was right. So in fact, I had stolen from myself. It was hard to understand the effects caused by stealing until someone steals from you. When I was a child, I used to collect the gold president coins and state-printed quarters. My uncle turned me onto it. He even gave me a couple to start off. It was a way for us to connect. It was his hobby, and he had shared it with me. I liked seeing the different prints of each state on the quarter and the different prints on the dollar coins. One day, I had my friend Arthur come over for a play date, and I wanted to show him the coins. We also happened to be playing with gold chocolate coins, as it was around Hanukkah. Golden Sacagawea dollar coins and golden chocolate coins. Weird coincidence. We agreed he was going to take some of the chocolate coins that he had won while playing dreidel because they were delicious. When he was leaving, I wanted to put the president coins away and asked him where we had them last. He told me the couch. I said thanks and goodbye. When he left, I went over to the couch and only saw chocolate coins. Where did the Sacagawea dollar coins go? I became increasingly nervous as my search around the room grew to the whole house. The dollar coins were gone. I concluded that my friend had taken them, but he was a friend, so he would return them once I questioned him. I thought he had simply made a mistake. One we could correct, and the chocolate coins and the money would be given back. I was worried about confronting him because I did not want to wrongly accuse my friend, but I could not find the dollars. I will never forget his quick response when I approached him the next day. I asked him straight, had he taken the real coins instead of the chocolate ones? And he said, well, those, meaning the chocolate, are worth more, so I actually did you a favor. Wait, what? He not only stole from me, and in turn my family, but then he had the nerve to tell me he was doing me a favor? I wanted to punch him so badly. Little old me, getting furious. I am happy he moved away while we were still in elementary school. I do not know what our relationship would have been had we continued to live around one another growing up. I would have resented him as a friend more and more. This was not the only time he had stolen from me, but it is the most notable. My semi-cool collection of basketball cards was also stolen from middle school class. The town had four different elementary schools that all joined together in middle school for sixth grade. The resulting combination brings together different areas of socioeconomic standing, and as a kid, my family's standing shrunk next to those of my new friends with mansions. The clothes I wore were not as nice. My notebooks and backpack were not as chic. I did not have the newest gadgets or game consoles, and I found out that not having cable was not normal, unlike I had previously been convinced by my parents. Thanks, Mom. Some of the kids really liked to show off their basketball cards, the ones that had the little pieces of jersey in them or floor panels. I was tired of seeing how other kids showed me their collection. I hated the snobby looks on their face. It didn't make sense to me. I had them too. So one day, I brought them in, and never brought them home. They disappeared from my locker. It was one of those lockers where if you kick the bottom and pull the handle at the same time, it opens. I hate those lockers. 
I was on the verge of crying when I noticed they were missing. It was not the best collection, but it was worth something to me. I did not like that I tried to compare myself to the other kids, because the result was that I lost what I cared about. This was not the last time that something was stolen from me, but it had given me a metaphorical treasure. It reminded me that there is pain when something you cherish is taken away. It was a pain I did not want others to feel. The material items were lost, but the immaterial treasure has stayed with me forever. A treasure born from thievery. This was a treasure that can never be stolen. Thank you for listening to another episode of How You Level Up, where I ask questions to help you become your best self. Now, I put this podcast together because I wanted to help you build up your emotional independence, your communication skills, and take the next step in your personal philosophy. If you liked this episode, turn on your phone and hit the like and subscribe button, give a five-star rating, and I'll see you on the next episode of How You Level Up.